towards the free kick. Colaccini nearly got ahead on him. Chiotte, great strike! Oh! It's an absolutely fantastic goal! Would you believe it? Divo Balotelli, Aguero! Staggering! Just staggering! Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Welcome in to Martin Download. Ian Gilmore, Luca Maloney, Adam Baker, the usual cast and crew back with you uh, on this glorious Thursday afternoon for us. Uh, thanks for joining us, whatever time it is where you are. Adam, Luca, how are we feeling? Doing great. We just saw some great Champions League matches. I know Adam's happy about the win. Yeah, plural. You know, all my, all my boys are oh. off to a good start. <laughs> hey, we're, we're doing that's well. That, that's all true. Everyone's there. Um, yeah, my team didn't play in Champions League, if anyone's wondering. Uh, they could be playing a championship next year. Uh, could be, you know, midweek matches there. Who knows? Uh, lots to unpack today. Men's and women's soccer. Uh, some exciting things are happening at MSU. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Men's soccer. First, before we get to the fun stuff, let's talk about Tulsa just for a second. Bad. Just bad. Bad, bad, bad. 5-1 loss away from home. Granted, Tulsa was number twenty four, and what are they? What are they now? Eleven. They're now in the top ten. They're now in the top ten. So you know, but still, five one is five one, no matter who it's against. And and if we're being honest with ourselves, I mean, she did not look good at all in that game. No, a lot of absences too. To, yeah, yeah. T- tough on the the the. The personnel challenges. Obviously, there's a little bit of inconveniences watching both away games, both non-conference. So I was in and out of the exciting we'll eventually get to and the Tulsa game that went so wrong. But, no, I mean, just on paper. And we we talked to Damon after the Bowling Green game. He was real frustrated about the defense. He was, you know, yeah, not pleased with the effort and the execution. And then you go from conceding three to going yeah. straight into conceding five right on the road. Shit, so eight goals in two games. Yeah, no, it's it's not going well on that side of the pitch for them. Um, Obviously, they were without Hunter Morse, which we haven't seen in, like, for, well, actually not forever because Handspike played a couple games last yeah. year. Uh, without Gianni Ferry. All that we know is that they were unavailable. Past that, it has not been disclosed um, what the problem was, whether it be injury or something else. Uh, but obviously they couldn't play. So Andrew Nicholson comes in, unfortunately gives up, what, four goals in the first half. Then Lance McGrain comes in, the true freshman. Um, so, you know, it was just it was a tough game all around for Michigan State. They move on. They go to Nor- or, uh, Notre Dame. And once again, it just starts looking like Tulsa, like, like the Tulsa game almost just continued. They're 3-1 down at half. Their only goal came on a set piece against the run of play, almost out of nowhere, really. And, like, at halftime, I, like, I, I know I was thinking, oh, like, here we go again. It yeah. didn't look good. Yeah, I remember you, Ian, texting us in the group chat telling us, <laughs> don't even try to watch this game in the first <laughs> half because nothing's going on. And luckily, I wasn't able to watch the game. We didn't have the streaming service like you did, Ian. But... As soon as I saw a second half, Twitter blew up for yes. me. MSU soccer, yeah, Twitter. MSU soccer Twitter. MSU soccer Twitter went crazy, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's happening. And Ian in the group chat went crazy. What, <laughs> what is happening? All caps, wow. Uh... Yeah, we got we to gotta go back and check the receipts here. No, Because I know I wasn't very complimentary in the first half. Also some foul language here and there, but it happens. Well, <laughs> you know, when you're getting excited and stuff. Yeah. That's the thing, too, is, like, you know, when we're not – when we don't have the suit and tie on, like we're at home, you can just, you know. Oh, yeah. It goes watch crazy. Watch it however you want. It goes crazy. I, yeah. <laughs> so I, this was a little overreaction, but when they went down, it was like the first five minutes, I think, that I scored. And I said, is this team bad now? Because we were so, we were so like, just enthused after the Akron game even uh, when they when they played well against Cleveland State and, you know, the first couple of games. And then they lose 500 Tulsa. They concede in the first five minutes again against Notre Dame. You're thinking, uh, like, like oh, just like, what is this? And I, Luca says, is there a stream? I said, ACC Network, but you don't want to watch this. <laughs> um, it, it, I, the next thing I said was the defense was non-existent. And to be fair... You ship 11 goals in three games. I think that is an accurate statement. It's a walk-on, basically. Yeah, definitely not a, nothing hyperbolic there. But then, <laughs> and then the, next, the next, uh, next test comes, what, 45 minutes later, and it's in all caps, this team is good. <laughs> and then it's Holy 
uh, and another four-letter word after that that we can't say on air. Otherwise, this podcast would get canceled. Yeah. Um, but, geez, what a comeback, huh? I mean, again, at halftime, this looked like it was a carbon copy of the Tulsa game. And then they come out in the second half, and it's a totally different side. They score three goals. They win 4-3 on the road in a hostile environment in a game that I don't consider a rivalry but has a little more amped upness to it. This is this is a character win for MSU and could be a springboard going forward. Yeah, and of course, and it's your captains on the scoreboard as well. Fry Mutatu, the perfect hat trick. Jack Beck, two assists and a goal. You can't write a better storyline than that. And it's 11 goals in three games, but if you get offered a 4-3 win, especially a 4-3 comeback win, you always take it. The morale for the... The offensive momentum you're going to carry over into the next game for Amutatsu. What did he come into this game with two or three goals? And I think he only I had believe, the one. Uh, yeah, the one, the one outside the box. Yeah. Oh yeah, it. no. So, uh, yeah, Oakland was his first. Oh yeah, so he goes from one to four in one Not game. Bad. Yeah. Not bad. What first career hat trick? On I think the first hat trick I've seen for them or against them at a Michigan State game. First hat-trick for them since 2012, Jay Chapman, who Jay- now plays in the MLS. So, you know. That was way before we were here. Jay Chapman. Yeah. Not not bad feet to follow in. I kind of assumed there would have been one in the 2018 season I just didn't watch. Yeah. But... Well, they had so many people scoring. I mean, Sierkowski probably had like six different braces and in him that and, season. And but... him and Dewan passing penalties around probably yeah, right. interfered with each other. But no, and to not get deflated... For them not to have the, ah, here we go again when they're down 3-1 after losing 5-1 and coming back to win. Yeah, you take the character aspects of it. You take the offensive attributes of it. The Again, the defense is a little discouraging, but like the last few years, I feel like the mentality, like from me watching at least, has been if they concede one, overtime might be the best-case scenario. If they concede two, it's it's game over. They're going to lose. Yep. Yeah, And normally and, we've seen... And they seen, go and concede three. And not to, yeah, and to score three in the second half... Get a hat trick on the board. It's the offense has a lot to be excited about right now. Yeah, absolutely. The offense. We rarely see this team put more than two or three goals on the score sheet, and putting four right there says a lot about how they attacked, 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 and prove themselves to really be clinical. And when we would see them score, it'd be like two one turning into a late three one or a comfortable three one. They get a fourth, and it hasn't been a four goal adversity filled game. So just everything situationally about this. Now, obviously, I mean, if you can win every game 4-3, go ahead and do it. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's, you'll it's, take – David might not like the, yeah, uh, that's the, the defensive struggles. Yeah, 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 but the good it's old three Marcelo Bielsa approach. Yeah, yeah three points I mean, is three points. The Rowdies will be bumping all game. Lots to commentate about, lots to write about. If that game was at DeMarn Stadium, this, oh that, the whole stand would have burned out. Oh, well – I, I, I think that people would have stayed past halftime. You might have gotten a few fake fans leaving, but if they stayed and that game were to happen at DeMartin, oh, my gosh, oh. that place would be absolutely electric. Yeah, I, really? Adam said it, too. Why do they save the best game for away? Best game of the season has to be away. Come on. So if, if when they come back against... I actually don't know how to save the team they're playing on Tuesday. Duquesne. Duquesne. Okay, if go. they come back and tie that game nil-nil... It's gonna be so devastating. Yeah, no, it will. I don't think they will though. There, there have been too many goals in the recent games for that to happen. Um, Adam, uh, you made a really good point too. I'm trying to find it, but um, let's talk about the specific players, right? <clears throat> I said it in the in the group chat. This game, <clears throat> excuse me, three years in the making for Mutatu. He has been. Going through, you know, he, he has struggled since Sierkowski and, and Dewan Jones left in terms of sheer goal scoring. In terms of impact in the game, probably not. He hasn't struggled. But in terms of putting the ball in the back of the net, he hasn't done, I think, as much as we expected after his first year where he bagged three, assisted three, and then now he gets three in one game. I, I just really enjoy seeing him succeed because he's such a good dude, number one. He goes about his business in the right way on the field, and he's a damn good player. Absolutely, and not to forget, he's also a local legend around the Lansing yeah. area. Yeah, the no. boy. And I guess when your specialty is an outside of the box shot, I guess production is kind of harder to come by. It's a, it's a tough shot to always see going to the top corner, and that's why it's like whenever he does score, it's a banger. So no, it was great to see the floodgates really open for him in this game, and I mean, you hope he can, you know, 
it, the pace will calm down, but carry that momentum into the conference and really get a big tally going by the end of his senior season. Lucas said it too. It was a perfect hat trick. It was left foot, right foot header, which is always impressive to see no matter who it is. He gets a header in a box. The kid's what, 5'9"? Yeah. He, he scores a very clinical finish with his left foot, and then he scores a, a great, fantastic volley to put Michigan State ahead. Also, the fact that Spartan Vision was there and we got that cinematic recap, amazing. Amazing. Shout out Spartan Vision. Watching that back was pretty freaking sweet. Um, to go along with Mitatu, Jack Beck has been, an, an, I think, an underrated player the last couple years because he hasn't, again, a guy that didn't do as much as we thought he might after a really good freshman year, but he scores a banger right along the turf into the bottom right corner. To, to That was, what, the first goal of the second half, wasn't it? Yes, it was, the right at the 50th minute. And then he gets two assists. And, and so he he was involved in three of the four goals, and he's coming on this season as well. Of course, and Jack Bag plays a lot of positions inside that central midfield. He can play the holding, he can play the attacking, and just be that Bombardier guy. He's just so good at controlling the ball, keeping possession alive. And if you've watched him throughout the, fir- the first five games this season, he's looked so comfortable on the ball and finding the forwards. Yeah, him and Zugai together in the midfield in the games that have gone their way have just been so instrumental in not really giving up anything going down their middle of the field and being and able to provide for the offense going through the other end. And I think, yeah, his long balls in general have been good. And then, yeah, to see all that production in that game, you love to see those kind of games from your center mid. Michael Miller gets another assist. Uh, he's having one hell of a season already. Um, you know, I think we have to talk about the coaching in this game too because whatever was said in the dressing room at halftime had, I mean, clearly it worked. Uh, talking to Damon Rensing yesterday, he said, uh, "Here's I have the quote written down. After being down 3-1, I challenged the guys at halftime, and they listened and really made the adjustments. Uh, it sounded like what he did was kind of challenge them about pride, like had, had a real like dig at them about, like, what do you think it means to be out here uh, to play for MSU, to be a Spartan? And it got to them, I yeah, guess. Absolutely, because you can, you can have a tactical discussion all you want. At the end of the day, it comes down to the attitude of the team. How much do they want to win? And they showed it. Yeah, now I guess it's a big responsibility again going forward because this can be a very good springboard game to propel you into the conference, which is their next game before they overlapping non-conference and conference to go. But if you go this high and then if the Wisconsin game tomorrow doesn't go well, it's it's a tough situation to manage. And I think it's real crucial that they carry that momentum. If they don't, they had to play up to such a big moment that nil-nil, I mean, the conference opener should carry its own value, but just to make sure they don't they don't come out deflated almost, that it's not such a big uh, job ahead. Absolutely. It's interesting, too, the, the personnel we've seen in these last two games, but especially against Notre Dame because of the way they won it. Lance McGrain in goal, true freshman. Um, I, th- I think it's actually quite fair to say that two of the goals that Notre Dame scored were pretty much his fault one the first one was a really bad distribution led straight to a goal and then Notre Dame's third goal was a save that not to be mean or anything but I think I could have made like it you just it was a save you have to make if you're a college keeper um but he steps up they don't give up a goal in the second half and they couldn't afford to uh Josh Adam starts at center back and he plays most of the game looked pretty good in moments I think it was actually funny because he looked really good, and I don't think Luke Morrell played that well against Notre Dame, and I think that's why he didn't play too much in that second half. Um, and then you guys got got guys like Jacob Cromer who didn't get too much too many minutes last year that's coming in and putting in a good shift. I think we're starting to see the depth of this team. I think the counter to that is if you have four center mids, do you really have two? It's sort of that, you know, if you have two quarterbacks, do you really have one? Yeah, absolutely. And like you said about Josh Adam. Josh Adam is a talented player, played for Bryant High School. I got to watch him play over the summer. Super talented with his feet. I think a big criticism on him was not being able to release the ball quick, quick enough and transition. So, and I think Damon has the tools to adjust, to take him right and get his passes going because if he can pass the ball through the midfield onto the forwards, he's going to be lethal at that position in the coming years. I guess to your point about, yeah, if you have forward, do you... You know, do you really have like a lineup or going? Even like all yeah. these positions, center back, center I, mid, wherever. I think as long as, and well, like it starts tomorrow before obviously the Decane game interferes, as long as you know your best lineup going into the conference, there's good. But if there's any questions in the dressing room, I think that's where it's, that's where things get iffy. 
And I think the surprising one to me is because obviously Ferry didn't travel or wasn't able to play. Yep. Babiak starting over Connor George and yeah. Connor George only playing 10 minutes, mm-hmm. which is just, I mean, I understand Ferry winning the spot over George. And at this point, it seems like assuming Ferry comes back soon permanently and, until uh, Connor George can flip the script. But that's for Babiak to jump him in the pecking order is a weird one to see. What do you yeah. think of Babiak, though? I thought he played pretty well. He assisted Jack Beck's goal, and his hold-up play, I thought, was 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 pretty good. Yeah, and I got to give it a closer look for those two away games because, obviously, ACC Network wasn't too kind to me. <laughs> I didn't. That. Why, why are those games out on ESPN Plus, by the way? Yeah, because they were set, set ESPN on it. If we're, if we're yeah. paying six bucks, what, seven? Se- is it seven now? Six? ESPN? Whatever it is, yeah. give me ACC Network, too. I didn't see too much out of him in the Oakland and Bowling Green games. And actually, we didn't see anything out of anyone in the Bowling Green game. But, I mean, it'll ball, be something for me to keep up. all right in that game. Yeah, the only times I've seen Zach Babiak really play and get a goal was in the exhibition games. But, yeah, he's a lengthy kid. He's fast. And from what I hear, he's really good on the ball. I guess. No, I just I, it's something I'm gonna have to keep a closer eye on just for myself in these upcoming home games and the conference opener tomorrow. Um, Wisconsin, they go to Wisconsin tomorrow, uh, to open Big Ten play, and then they have the weird Duquesne in the middle of it. Also, they play Western in the middle of the Big Ten schedule. I've never understood that. I remember like, th- just get him in before. I digress. Yeah, it's going to be an awkward 10 days here for the Spartans. Also, Wisconsin... this is their sixth away game, or third away game in six days. Yeah, That's absurd. Yeah, but I guess four home openers to start the season might uh, yeah. might, might knock you down in the away. Uh, yeah, might make uh, the, the pecking order. Right. You get stuck with poor yeah. travel. And against Indiana and Penn State in those last two games of that homestand. Give me those at home. So that's, that's big. Give me those at home, please. Don't take it, BTN. Um... But so Wisconsin, they've had they've had you know good recent success against them. Twenty nineteen, Michael Miller scores an Olympico in overtime to win, uh, and that was away last year. Wisconsin comes to East Lansing. It was Michigan State's best game of the season, probably performance wise and result wise. A four one win. Louis Sala with a free kick and a half. We have to like compare that to Michael Miller's this season. Put them back to back. See which one is better. Yeah, one over the other. Play them at the same time. Yeah, yeah. might be on the but next pod. We take a look at them right there on the big screen. Overlap them. Yeah, gotta put it on our get get use of our TV in the studio now. My early uh, <laughs> shout is for Miller. I feel like it's from further distance, better, yeah. ang- tougher angle. Yeah, yeah. Well, different angle. Maybe, yeah, tougher yeah. is. We, we will have to like overlay them to see to really see. Um, but Wisconsin already looking, I think, better than. Usual Wisconsin, usually one of those teams near the bottom of the Big Ten, um, but always has like one of those upsets every year. So it's kind of hard to um, predict what Michigan State is going to do against them. Um, it's, it's a way, uh, it's in a hostile environment. Uh, it could be, I don't know what the weather is going to be like, um, but Wisconsin has beat Butler, which Michigan State also did um, in the preseason. They tied Western nil nil after. Uh, a couple of overtime periods. Uh, SIUE, they tied 1-1 after a couple of overtime periods, who just drew with St. Louis, who's in the top 25. Uh, of course, SIUE mailed by, or managed by Kale Wasserman, uh, who was one of Damon Rensing's former assistants. Predictions, what do we think? How does this game end up? Well, I mean, Wisconsin's results are the exact opposite of Michigan State's. Low scoring, yeah. two overtimes to not see Victor. Which I mean, it has its. I mean, they've won back-to-back games one nil, so it's not like it's all bad. But it's it's not even like that's a negative that the games have been duller in terms of overall scoring, as long as the results falling in your favor. But they're on a two-game win streak too. They Their are two wins have came in the last two games, and no uh, goals given up in either. I think I'm gonna go Michigan State two nil. Two nil. No, 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 that, no, no. They're not. They're not getting their first clean sheet of the season yet. I was gonna say two one. The two way one. this yeah. team has gone. I was but... about to. I was about to say two. You were going two zero. Oh, I was gonna go two one. I think this Michigan State team in their defense might still have a couple, um, couple holes to fix, and which should be done. But I, I still think they're bound to concede a goal. But scoring two, I think it's very possible, especially, especially away. And just on that point, I know I said yeah. If you have your lineup figured out, it's all good. It just added depth. And I think they have that for the midfield, and I think they have that for the front line. I don't think the defense is an answer Especially yet. Especially in the wing positions as well. And those wing backs is a very tough call. We've seen uh, Nick Stone play on that left side, other than Dante Morissette seems to be the preferred way for Damon. Yeah, I mean, putting your last season's best center back on fullback really 
it threw the curveball at the defense that I feel like I kind of I, we kind of expected that it would happen. Yeah, and Perkins is still the, yeah Perkins is still the staple at that right back position. Yeah, you got one one concrete position set. I think one thing they have to be really careful about is it's all it's always physical, can get chippy with Wisconsin. Keep tempers down. Don't get sent off. If you get sent off and you're away in the Big Ten, all you're doing is playing for a draw. Um, that being said, I think it does end in a draw. I'm going to say 2-2 because I don't think this team right now can two, two, let but, in less than two goals. But then no one finds an answer in two 10-minute periods? Nope. Because I was thinking if I should adjust my position to 2-2 and then Michigan State takes it in overtime. Very possible. Because 3-2 does sound more reasonable than 2-1 the way the last few games have gone. This also could be like a (laughs) 1-0. Yeah. yeah. We won't won't know until we see what's going on and how this team is going to shape up for Wisconsin specifically. If my intuition says he probably won't, actually Ferry and Morris won't, If if they're both not starting, who do we see starting there? They stick with McGrain and Gold. Do they stick with Babiak up top? I mean, I'd go, yeah, I'd go with Babiak up top, and if McGrain seems to be the healthiest and the best keeper to, for choice, I'd go with him. Or I'd go with Andrew Nicholson. I know he he conceded he conceded five, over at Tulsa, but he does have Big Ten experience and has been in, in games at this level. Yeah, I don't know too much about either of the goalies to really give a, a passionate opinion on the subject. But for forwards, I just think you. You score three goals in a second half. You play the lineup that played a majority of that. You would you don't mix things up too much. I think it's interesting too because Nicholson was a All American in high school. Um, he has one bad half. They take him out of halftime. So we'll see. Yeah. Interesting. Very, ni- very nice guy too. Yeah, great kid. Uh, let's go to women's now. Some more exciting stuff on that side. They actually haven't lost a game. Uh, the first time they've gone undefeated in non-conference since 2014. Only the fourth time in school history. Um, there have there's been maybe one or two measuring sticks here. I'd say the Bowling Green game is probably their best, uh, you know, gauge in terms of what they can do against the Big Ten. Bowling Green has won the MAC and gone to the NCAA tournament multiple times in the last, you know, recent years. But again, we don't know how good this team is until they start in the Big Ten play. Uh, they play Indiana up next, and that's where we're gonna really really see what they're made of. But so far, they have looked darn impressive. Yeah, absolutely. I just wrote a. Uh an article about this the other day shameless plug impact 89 what fm.org 89 fm.org go read luca's article yeah and i talk about really what impressed me the most out of their first seven games this season i first mentioned the attacking depth of this team you got ava cook transfers ava cook and lauren debow leading this team in scoring as along with zavana labovich who she's carrying on from her freshman season which didn't go too well, but she did end up as a top scorer with three goals. Now in seven games, she has three on on the bag. I want to see that carry over. I think her versatility and positioning is incredible. We've seen her play at the wing position. We've seen her play center mid. We've seen her play holding mid. And so her versatility is unreal. And then I go on to talk about how this team is also defending really well. I think they found solid defenders in, in Gardner, Abby Gardner and Samantha White. Both have let in only three goals a season and have also scored a goal. You know, she was on penalty duty a couple in a couple games ago. Yes. And also, I said, I talked about the depth and what this veteran experience is on this team. You know, you, you lost Bria Schrotenborg and Paige Weber in the offseason. One went to Duke and one went to Indiana, respectively. And But you still have Wahlberg Evans and Daniel Steffen in this team. Three players who I think are crucial in the locker room and crucial coming off the bench. You know, Stefan already has a goal, Evans has a goal, and Wahlberg has two assists on the season. So keep an eye out for this team. Their depth is incredible, and the way they're playing right now with their attacking style and their sharp defending ability, keep an eye out for them. Cameron Evans getting off the score sheet I think is really underrated because she hasn't scored goals in the last three years. No, and she's Getting also- back to her freshman year, that's when she grabbed him and then kind of you know, fell off. She didn't have help up top, obviously, but yeah, it was it was tough up top. You know, started with Wahlberg and Evans both had injury problems as well in the last two seasons, so it's important to keep that in mind. What about on the other side of the ball? They've only given up three goals They've in only, seven games, yeah, which has been well, a problem in recent years. They'll ship five in a game, only three in seven games. Only three in seven games, and credit to the defense and also Lauren Kozel in goal. She's solid. Every every ball that's whipped in from crosses, she she gets them. And her distribution has been has improved so much in this game, sending balls over to the forwards and quickly getting on the counterattack. Impressive to watch. 
Um, opponents only have 26 shots on goal, too. So that's what. Let's do quick maths. Divided by seven. Less than four a game. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, one, one, you know, Lauren Kozel's making things happen and making the saves she needs to, but it's it, it, a lot of times it's getting stopped yeah, it's before the gr- her. Yeah, it's, it's they, the group they, defending. They make it yeah. so difficult to defend, and they have tall players in that back line, so they're heading everything away. Their ability to control the ball and pass the ball around the back four has improved since Tom Saxon left left the team. They they have that back line set too. Set. What Reagan Cox on the right, White and uh, Gardner in the middle, and then Sklarski out left. So and and then when you when you have to make subs, MJ Andrews can come in. Um, I forget who's been coming in on the left, but or has it been Hart? Hart, yes, Miranda Hart, Hart will yeah, come Miranda in. Hart. So uh, they they have these players, and it's not a drop off when they bring someone in anymore either. No, no, the intensity stays the same. The players change, the intensity remains on that field, and I think that's Hosler's best point that he makes to the team at half times and during the game is keep the intensity at the same level. Um. Oh, I just brain farted. I was gonna go somewhere else. Gosh. Well, well yes, but live the, podcast. Well, yes, but the first <laughs> big test for. For this Michigan State team is Indiana, which Sunday, September 19th at 1 p.m. in Bloomington. It's going to be the one to watch, and obviously it's going to be the benchmark for this team starting off the season. Here's where I was going to go. Transfers and how impressive and important they've been. Obviously, Ava Cook is, you know, was scoring a goal a game at GV. She's scoring a goal every other game now. She's got five goal involvements in seven games. I was really impressed um, with Justina Gaynor, how good she's been. Lauren DeBow is, you could argue, a top three player on this team now. All three of those transfers have been instant impact players. And they all play different positions as well. They all, they're all they all versatile. Ava Cook can play the, as a number nine and as a center attacking mid. DeBow can play as a winger and as a, on and off forward. And Justina Gaynor in that center midfield can play all three positions there, and it's wonderful to watch. So... Like you said, Luca, they go and play Indiana this Sunday. Uh, Indiana finished fifth in the Big Ten last season, so it's a really good measure of where this Michigan State team is. Um, I don't think, I'll be honest with you, I don't think the result in this first game matters. And I say that because this is a totally different system of play as to what it was when Tom Saxon was here. And I think even if they go play their game, they don't get a result, but they look all right on the field, and they look threatening, and they look like they can keep it out of the net. I think that's more positive and is a bigger takeaway than if they went out and you know won a boring game 1-0. No, you're absolutely right, Ian. The performances of this team have improved, not just in goal scoring and defending, but just the overall gameplay. It's attractive football to watch, and that's really the best thing that Jeff Hosler has given to this team is, is good football. So... Yes, if they come out of Indiana with a draw, then I'd say that they're in a good position for the rest of the season. You, yeah. Even result-wise. Yeah. Yeah, I overall agree with the point. I just The only pushback I'd have is I just feel like there's a special feeling around undefeated teams sometimes, and you really wouldn't want to see that go away in your first conference yeah. game. But overall, I do think, yeah, if you can play your style, Cook and DeBoe and everyone's still involved going forward, but maybe the shots just don't fall for you and Indiana gets one, yeah, it is, it's not like a deflating loss or anything, and it's not bad signs for the Hustler era, but if you can keep yourself undefeated, I do think that's, especially, uh, you know, not, with how, going back to the 2019 season, if you have, obviously this non-conference has been better, and they've looked a lot better through the eye test, but if you just really don't want to have any resemblance of going back to, a, yeah, no, we're back in the conference, and the results have already switched up again. Right. I would draw the line at too. I, you know, I don't, I'm not saying that they should, you know, go out there, dominate the game, but get countered five times, lose five nil, anything like that. Um, but I, I think that performance is, is really important in, in that game as well. You go back to the, uh, the 19 season you were talking about. Yeah. The, the, the 19 season. season, they had a seven, one and zero record yeah, in that, in right. that non-conference. And then they went the on first to, eight games. and then, and then they went on to go one, nine and one. And then, the yeah. The and season. then big 10 hits. What did they do against Indiana? It got postponed that year. That was a senior, oh, no. day, senior day game, right? Yeah, they lost 1-0 last game of the season. I think it was a Sunday 3 p.m. Thursday 3 p.m. kickoff or something. Look at the, recollect- very, the uh, recollection. A very weird game to attend because it was a very it was just 
think there was classes going on. And then Indiana got postponed again last year, and then uh, they went down to Bloomington, lost two one. Um, predictions for that one? I say they come out with a three two victory. In Hostler's defense, I trust we're gonna go two 0 Jeez, that these are some. I'll say it, these are some hot takes. Indiana finished fifth in the Big Ten. Michigan State finished thirteenth. Yeah, but they we do know, we, we yeah we do know Indiana has goal scorers on that team now. So they're going back. They're yeah. playing Paige Weber, who's got a hat trick for them already this season. The and defense should know her. Defense you know? should know her, but a couple surprises here and there, and especially first game in Big Ten play. They you might start out a little uncomfortable at first once you get into the rhythm. Yeah, and I think that's where the defense will solidify. Hostler gives me Heinz Flick vibes, so I just kind of <laughs> I'm I'm full on with the same exact turnover Byron had when they got him. I'm I'm always as always I'm gonna be the pessimist and say I don't think they win, but I think they stay undefeated. I'm gonna go one one draw with uh, a Lauren Debeau goal. Okay, and a Paige Weber goal just just for fun. Just for okay. fun. <laughs> yeah, Paige Weber goal against her old team. Uh, so that hey, wraps up. Did she celebrate? Ooh, yes. She left in such an odd way that I yeah. don't think she'd, like, you know. She'd like to stick one to us, won't she? Yeah. It's not like a, oh, I love Michigan well, State. I the would sta- never do anything to them. The staff changed. The players haven't. So I don't know. Maybe that would be, like, the saving grace. It is, like, a, a different It's, it's also regime. college sports. but Right. Mm. Whereas in, like, the staff she may have had a problem with isn't gone. So maybe it's like, right. oh, you know, I just scored on my former goalie maybe. I, I honestly really want to see your score now, just just to see whether or not yeah. she celebrates. Um, do we have it on? It's not going to be streamed at all. Oh, it doesn't look. Of course. Indiana, Wait. Big Ten student you, what are you doing? Come on. That's all right. You know, why don't we just take a trip down there and do it ourselves? <laughs> Quick Screw trip it. We'll to do it live. Yeah, radio broadcast. And conference opener is a tough one to let get away. Yeah, for I mean, real. Yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll call up some of my friends it. I made at Indy 11 this year who go to Indiana. Just tell them to FaceTime me during the game. If you want to just put that boy in a tripod back and forth, we'll, we'll figure something out. Yeah. We'll greatly appreciate it. Yeah. All right, that wraps uh, MSU talk for the week. Now let's get into some juicy Champions League stuff. Had, had a fantastic week of fixtures this week. I just want to hand off the reins because, one, I didn't watch the games yesterday because I was busy. The day before I did. Uh, uh, Man City 6-3, PSG ruins my bets, uh, Liverpool 3-2 over Milan, uh, just crazy stuff. And young boys getting the win over Man United. Yeah, my roommate was not too happy about that. Yeah, at least Ronaldo got video. off and running already. So let's just start there. Um, weird substitutions, first off. It doesn't help you get a red card in the, in the, in the first half. Uh, bringing on Nemanja Matic at all in the Champions League 1 is weird to me. Taking off Cristiano Ronaldo in the Champions League at all, too, is weird to me. So, you know, these uh, the substitutions left, I think, a lot of people scratching their heads. Yeah, no, I hated them. And this isn't hindsight. In the moment, I just said, going to the first one, my exact message to the group was, it's young boys not buying. You don't have to sub on another defender. Yeah. You're still better than young boys. You can go get a second and then just really blow open the game yeah. with 10 men. It's United was in complete control of the game. There was no need to take off Sancho for Delo. Then you go into the second half. United clearly is playing. To, United's clearly sitting on a one nil against the team that. They, how many starters on Young Boys are making the United bench? They do that. They're giving up all the pressure. No. All, <laughs> Sibat, giving, Sibatu, maybe. <laughs> they're giving up pressure all game. Like the shooting stats and everything just completely pointed in Young Boys' favor. You bring Varane on, which I mean, obviously, it bring Varane on, but not for it was for Donny. <laughs> Donny's rare occasion. Poor he does, Donny, Donny doesn't yeah. even get to play I, the I, second half. I would game to transfer play. like that day if I'm Donny. I think that was only like his 15th start. I heard for United, uh, and it ended at half. He started 15 that, games. Yeah, 15, 15 seems a little what? high. It does seem higher than I thought, but those League Cup and Europa League games probably added up last season uh, without counting the preseason. Um, but yeah, but yeah, the, 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 the tour, the tour was of America the games. Those kind of but imagine Nemanja Matic and and Juan Mata and apart from Jesse Lingard were the only midfielders on that bench. 
So it was just just a weak bench, to be completely honest. And, I mean, Jesse Lingard didn't play bad other than the fact that he played in a fantastic through ball for Jordan P. Falk to, to score and oh, win the game. Great A ball. Yeah, ice water veins doing it in the last second of the game. But, no, and yes, taking off Ronaldo for Lingard, taking off Bruno for Matt. You're tied nil Taking nil. Off Bruno yeah, is Bruno. Like, oh. But that assist from Bruno, number one, was yes, beautiful. Fantastic. Like, you know, and Bruno. then you take him off the park. Bruno may not be my guy, but you're tied 1-1 and you're taking off your 10 for a 6 against Young Boys. Yeah. Like, I didn't understand anything about it. And, like, the look, everyone knows Ole's not Tuchel, Pep, Klopp. And the biggest proof was Reese James, Red Carter, Anfield, Thomas Tuchel down to 10 men. Liverpool did not look like they had an extra man on the field. They couldn't yep. get anything yep. going offensively. Chelsea held in at Anfield for a tie. United at Young Boys, red card up 1-0. Everything fell apart. They were getting worked, and Young Boys got the win they deserved in the end. Here's the thing, too, though. Um, do you think we're talking about this as much if they don't get scored on the last minute, if they get a 1-1 draw? Because I, I, I understand it's Young Boys, but a draw away from home in the Champions League is not that bad, no matter who you're playing, no, I think. I mean, in the Champions League, you'd rather get the one point than no points. Sir Alex Ferguson always said, win three year home games— Draw one of your away games, and you're into the next round. And yes and no to your point. I don't. I'm not. I'm not critical because I think United's in any doubt of not advancing, let alone any doubt of not top. I said it backwards. They're they're going to top the group still, and I don't think that's a concern. And I definitely don't think there's any concern about them finishing third. It's not the same team as last year, and it's not as tough as a group as last year. It's Villarreal, Atalanta, and obviously Young Boys. So I do think like. They could flip the script and just, you know, rattle off five in a row. But big picture-wise, it's just like, oh, okay, Ole, really? Yeah. Still not quite up to par on... It just it, There was just nothing convincing there, and it's just concerning. But if this is their result against, on paper, the worst team in the group, are they still going to top the group? Yes, because... Okay, the red card for one thing. But- Sancho will start clicking into form a little more later on. They didn't start Varane in that game. Like, They might win either at Villarreal or Atalanta, draw the other one, probably Villar- draw Villarreal after the Europa League yeah, last year, there's, sweep there's the home games. Bl- there's still that bad blood in the Europa League final. For and that. then just let everyone else take points away from each other. It's, yeah, it's, it's the eye test worry more than the Champions League advancement worry. Uh, the, another really exciting game for one person here at least. Liverpool 3, Milan 2. Yeah, and I didn't pay as much attention to this one as I usually do for Liverpool Champions games since Klopp messed with the lineup a little. Van Dijk was out. (laughs) Not to be annoying to one of our co-hosts on the table, I don't (laughs) think he had full respect for AC Milan and their offense if you're sitting Van Dijk in a Champions League game and it's not Kanate getting the start. Joe Gomez and Matip really aren't much of a duo. And it showed when Milan scored two goals in two minutes. But... Yeah, you know, but that that defending came down from Trent Alexander Arnold let both of the almost both of those goals in. Yeah, which is usually the case. And I was just gonna throw you the reins because you watched a game closer than me, and it's your team's first Champions League game in a while. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was wonderful to watch. I thought let I thought a lot of players did really well. And again, this is a team that hasn't been in the Champions League for almost four years now. So and also with a new group of players. So D- Brian Diaz, Sal- Alexis Salamakers, Leal—they've never played a Champions League game, much less against a team like Liverpool. Wait, seven, not four. Thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, thirteen fourteen. Yeah, since the thirteen fourteen, I I'm lost in the years, but yeah, that's crazy. But, but I didn't that, realize that. Yeah, uh-huh. but it was but those forty like those first forty minutes from Liverpool in that first half, AC Milan couldn't get more than two passes in Liverpool's half, and it, it that's exactly how the game went. They had slip ups from defensive mistakes from Liverpool that pretty much gifted Milan the goals on the counter attack, and that was it. And then once the substitutions came in for Liverpool with Thiago with Mane. It, it was over for Milan. I think Milan had the legs to do it, and especially playing Liverpool for the first time at Anfield. It's a difficult setting. You know Milan's backbone and how they handle adversity more than me, obviously. So if Salah scores that penalty, do they just lose that game 4-0? Yeah. Okay. That was... Yeah, if Salah scored that penalty, the game would have been over at halftime. It's kind of sad. Yeah, it's interesting how how uh, how admittedly you just uh. But it's 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 the truth. It's the truth. This team wasn't built, and it's it. Look, if Slatan was there, maybe you know. And Giroud is coming off an injury too. He came off the bench. I didn't expect much from him either in this game. And they played they played Sandro Tonali too. I thought should have started over Benasser, but Benasser played really well. 
uh, the other game in that group. I, did you guys see Chancel Mbemba's uh, tackle in the 95th minute to stop a goal from going? He got sent off, but then Atletico didn't score. They drew nil-nil. Oh, God. Oh, I walked in the door class. I saw Porto ended with 10. I didn't quite know yeah. why. It was, yeah, it was kind of funny. That was, that was actually It's hilarious. like one of those tackles you make on Weekend League in FIFA, like in your oh, clear last game. Bad result for Atletico. I mean, yeah, yeah not a great start. Especially with a good starting lineup that they had. Porto's strong, though. I, we, they, beat, they got to the last eight last year. They beat Juventus. Yeah. That group is underratedly hard. Yeah, you know, and my Liverpool fan roommate was saying, yeah, Porto as the third or fourth team is definitely a tough one. I still have the utmost confidence Liverpool's winning five or six of these games. Ooh, Jesus. Four or five. Because uh, I just look at last season when Liverpool was horrible in the Premier League and then a group with Adelana and Ajax and Liverpool cruised to top it and their last game didn't even matter. So I'm like, okay, well, healthy, I shouldn't be worried about them. And they had one moment of adversity with Van Dijk out of the lineup, some a not weakened a weakened lineup, a not weak one, but definitely not their best, and they're still able to pull out the win. So I think, I mean, they should top the group too. I seem to have the utmost confidence in every English team doing it at this point. For Milan, I think there's some positives to go at. I wouldn't predict that they advance. I think Atletico takes it, but Atletico yeah. not getting that result against Porto is massive for the rest of the group. Yeah, and Milan is really focused on the Serie A right now. I mean, undefeated in their second place. Not bad. Uh, City Leipzig, 6-3, had a sending off, just about everything you could want in a Champions League game within 90 minutes. It had a hat trick for a player that Christian, lost the yeah, game Christian by three. Yeah, lost with... by three, scores three, lost by three. Joao Cancelo, goal of the game. Jack Grealish, first Champions League game, goal yeah, and an assist. I'm sure uh, everyone way, on this panel the great, loved to the, see the, that. Yeah, the great American Tyler <laughs> Adams pretty much gifted Jack Grealish that goal. If you watch, and he, he didn't defend, he just let him run. Cut and shoot to goal. Right? Uh, it's a good goal, to be fair. Me and Luca were talking before about we are very critical of Eric Garcia, and I referenced the Chiesa goal against Spain and how Eric Garcia just let him go fully onto his right foot and put it away. Tyler Adams took it to the next level, didn't pressure Jack Grealish at all <laughs> from the I, wing. And it was also a, a it was a clearance from, I believe, um, Diaz in the back line for Man City. Just booted it away, and it lands to, to Grealish, and Grealish just walks his way home. I'll tell you, underrated. Well, lit, the early aspect of that goal, I love that Grealish touch into stride before he cut in on the open space Tyler Adams decided to give him. He's all right player. He's not bad. Love to see that. Uh, other game in that group, just uh, PSG, Club Bruges. I'm not a PSG fan, just to clear that up, but I had them in a parlay. They were the last leg. That's all I needed to cash. Them to win. Didn't happen. You start Messi, Neymar, and Mbappe. You only score one goal, and an attacker from the other team wins man of the match. Not to mention PSG's goal scorer, Ander Herrera, against yeah. Simon Mignolet. And not just that, it was Club Brugge actually outscored PSG sixteen to nine. I mean, shot. outshot, outshot. That's yeah. embarrassing. At least for Mbappe, he got the assist. Neymar and Messi don't quite have the saving grace. No, Messi hit the crossbar and won. That, that was unlucky. That would that would have been in. such a nice goal. Would have been such a nice goal. Yeah. And to another point of English teams topping the group, that's a bigger result than I think people might give it credit for. Because if PSG and City sw split their games, yep. City might be the best Champions League group stage team in history. They're not. They're gonna blow out Brugge both times. And going to Germany's tough, but if they can beat Leipzig there, they just have to get one of the PSG games and they top the group. Yep. And I mean, PSG will still favor themselves against whatever group winner they come against. And knowing my luck, it's going to be Dortmund. <laughs> but like, it's it could be a big it could be a big deal. Like, imagine PSG gets Bayern round of sixteen because they tied Brugge. Uh, imagine they get Sheriff round of sixteen. <laughs> Who would have thought after match day one, Sheriff would be atop the group? In a group with Real Madrid and Inter Milan. It's funny. Have you seen their logo, their club logo too? It's just a sheriff badge. Yeah, literally. it's kind of awesome. <laughs> At first, when I saw the sheriff, I was like, "Wow, that's a, that's a pretty you know foreign name that just sounds like the word sheriff." But it's two new win it. over Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, yeah, hell of. A, I mean, obviously, I didn't pay attention to that game at all. It overlapped with Dortmund Besiktas, but interesting win. Granted, it's the easiest of the three, but they're still supposed to be the minnows of the group. So that's a that's a huge result. Well, so was who was it was uh, Shakhtar was in that group last year, but it was Munchen Gladbach that was in there instead yeah. of Sheriff and, yeah. and Real Madrid. They, they got and through. Gladbach. Yeah. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, hey, but well, that's you're talking about my manager Marco Rose managing <laughs> them to the 
through Inter and Shakhtar. Actually, they the didn't. Land. They didn't even lose to. No, they did lose to Madrid the second game. Never mind. But it was like, wasn't it like three two or something like that, or four? four yeah, two? three two, and I think they're up two and zero. Yeah, blew it. yeah. Um, talk about your boys, Adam. Good win against Besiktas. Besiktas is no pushover. So a two one win away from home. Yes. Yeah, and not not a bad result. Of that. Rough Tough start in a, t- a hostile environment. Um, our former player Michi Batshuayi almost scored early. Had a nice little turn on Hummels and. Was that the one where he didn't know anything about it? Like it just hit him in the back of the legs, and he almost came in and scored. Was that a different one? I think it's a because was Cole. I was it, laughing out loud. Did it have the like, great one? That. Well, there was the Coble saved the chance I'm talking about. The nice one-handed save. Okay. Flip, pushed it over the bar. And there was a few early concerns, and then Dortmund really started getting chances. Jude Bellingham, friend in the notes, best English mid of all time. Like, look, <laughs> Bellingham had to play with Sancho and Holland last year, so we know where the Sancho took all the English young hype, and then Holland just took all the star hype from Dortmund's like environment last season he was a little lower on the pecking order so and i was kind of happy about it i hate hearing transformers about our players the more bellingham went under the radar the better but he's amazing (laughs) at this point i think he's the best teenage player in the world obviously there's there's close competitions you can go with i have my bias for why i pick him and the fact that i watch him the most out of all the other teenage competition but his skill set is really impressive his skill set's amazing his confidence is always there and he's just never phased by the moment. Like last season, his best game was at City, at the, yeah, at the Etihad against a midfield that had De Bruyne, Gundogan. I think Rod- Rodri started that game. He shook him for the Roy school. Yeah, he's definitely a special player. He's a special player. And now he's turning in. Now he's getting end product down. His, he had the great run into the box for the goal. The even better. Like, I'll take the goal over the assist, but a great assist to find Holland. And now his confidence in front of goal. Like, I mean, for better or for worse, sometimes when you're passing off open teammates. But he has no issue going one on one against defenders now, and he re- he's becoming a scorer. He scored in the three two game against Hoffenheim, scored in the Champions League opener. I love what he's doing. Holland speaks for himself. I can I, I go into every Dortmund game chalking up at least one goal for him, which is a great reassurance to have. And we're looking good. It was an annoying goal to give up late, but the defense is clicking. For the fifth time this podcast, I think they're going to top the group. Ajax will be a tough game. Ajax looked great against Sporting for some reason. Yeah, and Sebastian Holler, four goals on his Champions League debut. Wow. This is a guy that they forgot to register last year for European football. Yeah, a lot of pent-up frustration from him probably for that. So, think what, the only other uh, player to score four goals on their debut? You should know. Milan. Kaká? Uh, That's what I thought, too. Van Basten. Van Basten, yeah. Van yeah. Basten is a... Um, they're different players, but Bellingham, do you think he's better than Pedri? I knew that's where you were going with it. <laughs> yes, I do. And that's like, I don't want to be that guy coming into the group saying Bellingham over. I'm not over... saying you're wrong at all. Yeah, I don't want to be that guy coming into the group saying Bellingham over Pedri because it's just like. But that it's is a, a good. A, yeah, that's a good rivalry to have going forward for those two. Yeah, it's a debate no one's making, and I don't want to turn like the people that might be pro Pedri into <laughs> Bellingham haters <laughs> as a result of me. Yeah. But no, I definitely think he's better. And I, I watch Bellingham a hell of a lot more than Pedri. <laughs> Pedri took a lot of attention for playing games last season. But it was the impact that counts. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. He's no, he's still great. No, I'm saying, but you know how like there's been a lot of talk recently yes. about how Pedri plays. He never every, got a break. Pedri plays every third day. Games. Ronald Koeman yeah. puts him in as soon as he comes back from break. Yeah. Right, but he came no, back a day early and all that stuff. I think if Bellingham started for England, which like I'm not surprised he didn't, and I don't think it's a mistake by Southgate not to start a 17 year old, but like I think he definitely had the quality to, and I. I I'll take him over Phillips. I think he easily could have had the same Euro Cup, if not better than Pedri had, if he just had the minutes. I think that's fair. Um, last English team, Chelsea, leaves it a little dodgy, left it a little late against Zenit. They were actually bigger favorites over Zenit than PSG were over uh, Club Ruga. But uh, Lukaku, he's going to score a lot of goals this season. Yeah, he's going to score a goal. In every competition. He's going to score a goal every game, and for every game he doesn't score one, he's going to score two a different time. So it'll just, it'll balance out to a 30 to 40 goal season. I mean, this guy is just like scary to look at when he's playing because you know he's going to score a goal. And just for this Chelsea team, we know they don't concede goals, and now they have a guaranteed goal scorer. It just, it really is scary hours for Europe and England with them. Yeah, I mean, because for most strikers, that goal that Lukaku scored against Zenit doesn't happen. I mean, to get that ball from a long distance from Aspilicueta, and he headed that ball down. 
you know, not even going at the goalkeeper. He headed down into the corner. That technique is just unbelievable. I think, uh, I wonder if history will give Antonio Conte the credit he deserves for how much, like, obviously Lukaku wasn't a scrub when he went to Inter, but how different but how he became di- in just two years and how he's doing now. And how like, different just... he looks physically, too, from when he was at United. Yeah, no, he's he's a problem for anyone. And just Havertz and Mount providing for him. If Werner ever hits the ground running from that bench role and rotational yeah. starting role. They could be dangerous. Like, some, no one knows how to play against them. And Pep couldn't figure it out in three games. So, I mean, the rest of the world is going to have a hard time doing it. So, I mean, it'll be real interesting to see how they shape up in the knockout rounds. I really... I tend to like not root for upsets unless I hate the team just because I, I want quality teams in the deeper rounds. I need to see matchups like Chelsea against Bayern, Chelsea yes. against PSG, yes, please. City intermixed and all of that. I'm, I let Dortmund get Porto in the quarterfinals and, you know, cakewalk our way to the semis. But everyone else, like, I don't want, I don't want any question marks about how this team would have shaped up against that team. Like last year when Lewandowski missed the quarterfinals. Right. There's too many heavyweights in Europe right now. Speaking of Bayern, uh, it wasn't 8 2, but. Handily took care of Barcelona. Hey, no shots this, on target might this be. This Barca is no not the same Barca we knew before. Because it's Ronald Koeman managing them. They're Netherlands light. You know, and, and Adam, you and I were talking about this yesterday. The quote that he said that he didn't have pace up top. Well, the man had a lot of money to spend on a striker, and he got Luke de Jong, which Luke de Jong is not known for being a pacey man. <laughs> or a scorer. It just... If you're going to say stuff like that in the one game you have to start Luke the Young, why'd you even sign him in the first place? He was never going to offer running in behind, and Barcelona's not a hold-up team. And even that, he said Bayern had strong center backs. Granted, Upamecano and Zula are, you know, stronger figures than you're going to see maybe against any team. But if you can't, you know, if your standard of hold-up play isn't that high and you have zero pace to offer the team... Maybe he yeah. just doesn't have anything Especially to offer the team. Especially when he had a big pool of strikers to choose from with a decent enough budget to go and go after them as well. No, they're they're just a mess. It's a mess. I'm glad I'm glad Bayern did the result because everyone everyone was referencing the eight two the week before, and even when the lineups came out, everyone's like, "Oh, this could get messy yeah. quick." <laughs> yeah, and he puts the kids in the play too, which was I I didn't understand. I mean. <laughs> At least try to get some more like serious rotational players in that game against Bayern to build experience. But no, he puts Yusef Demir and Gavi and then Alejandro Balde. Then I'm not sure exactly what they offer from La Masia. No, because if he does that, he can say we finished the game with six kids. We had no depth. How what we're supposed to do in this game? <laughs> that, that's essentially what PK said. Yeah, like, and I was thinking about it. I was yeah. like, I, I swear half these. No subs happened before 2-0, and half of them happened after 3-0. I was like, okay, you know. Like, <laughs> Coutinho came on to a done game. I don't think you can blame him not playing for however long he hasn't played. It's just... They're a sad state right now, Barcelona. It's, yeah, it's very tough to watch. And just the decisions that go on around that club from, from Koeman to the president just haven't made any sense. Speaking of tough to watch... <laughs> Fantastic segue. Fantastic transition. Newcastle plays Leeds tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was good. Uh, match day 5 of 38 in the Prem. Newcastle against Leeds on Friday afternoon. I have to work, so I can't watch it. Darn, darn it, darn it, shoot. Um, <laughs> Liverpool plays Crystal Palace. City, Southampton. West Ham United, which could be a very underrated matchup. And then the big one of the weekend, Spurs, Chelsea. Mikel Antonio, red card, though, took him out of the United game. Yeah. Unless yeah. it got appealed without me knowing. But... No, I, 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 so. I, I doubt He's it. on I my did. fantasy squad, and he's red. Okay. So. Yeah. Did not get appealed. Tough. Uh, Liverpool Palace. Palace beat uh, Spurs, what, 3-0 last weekend? Yep. Edward comes in, plays six minutes, scores two goals. Do you feel any doubt about that one? Nah, it was Spurs, so. <laughs> That's Liverpool. typically how it goes. Liverpool's Lads, it's Tottenham. As... <laughs> Lads, it's Tottenham. And Vieira, uh, I don't think Vieira is going to beat Klopp in their first meeting. It's at Anfield, right? Or, believe so. Okay, yes, yeah. it is. At I, don't, I, I forgot where Liverpool's last game was, but I know. oh yeah, no, Liverpool was at Leeds. Palace was at home. Yeah, no, Liverpool should take care of business. Van Dijk will be rested. Mane majority rested. I don't know if Firmino's injured or healthy right now, but they had a nice rotation in the in midweek and they didn't cost them. So morale is high, rest is high. Liverpool should take care of business. Uh, a relegation scrap. Burnley Arsenal on Saturday <laughs> as well. Uh, Arsenal squeaks by Norwich one nil. Are they really 
are they really that bad? Like, do we think this is a game where it's like Burnley is le- legit a shot to win? Because we know how Burnley's just kind of nasty and tough to play against sometimes. As yeah, the majority of the new, bottom of the yeah, prem is. Sean but... Dyke just got a new contract too. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, Burnley. Uh. It's like, I, I, realist, I think Arsenal strings together back-to-back wins going into the Tottenham game. But I just still won't be surprised if it's nil-nil or smash and grab one-nil Burnley. I, I just need to find out who is playing for Arsenal because I feel like these lineups are changing every week and we're seeing new <laughs> players in different positions. So I just need to know until when they have a solid rotation, are we going to take them seriously? I mean, well, they need to have it by the Tottenham game. So They need to. I, th- I think they win it, but again, no surprise if they don't. But I'll go, are we going to go another 1-0? Maybe Aubameyang scores an actual goal this time. Not whatever that one was. Possibly. Uh, Spurs, Chelsea, Luca. do you have Do you have any hope? Uh, hope that we can pull off a draw and for Nuno, yes. Um, to get a to get a win against Chelsea and ta- and Romelu Lukaku seems very difficult for me to keep a clean sheet like we did against Man City at the first game of the season. To play that way again, to sit back, defend, and proactively try to counterattack with with Son Kane and Steven Bergbeiner. So I don't know that if it's possible Tottenham come out with a win against Chelsea. I say at best, the best case scenario, Tottenham come out with a draw. I say best case scenario, Tottenham come out with a one nil loss. Chelsea's gonna take Damn. care of business. <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> no, I, I don't blame no, you. It's... No, that was excessive. But no, Kane's gonna get pocketed by that Chelsea yeah. midfield four and back yeah. three. And if Son's back in time, he'll get pocketed yeah, too. And, and if it's if and if it's Sanchez and Dyer at the back against Lukaku, I fear I fear the worst. Yeah, and I, I'm more optimistic than you guys are. I think. Tottenham could pull one out of their behind. Is uh one. is Regulon starting right now? Yes, he has. Wait, wait, hold up. What's how's it gonna happen though? You know, this is just one the, of those games right, yeah. that I it's a London it's a London derby, right? I mean, Kane was absolute crap in the last game, so he has to show up this time. If Son is back, Son Kane is the best tandem in the league. Well, actually, Bruno Ronaldo, maybe now. I mean, the only uh, way you win but, this game is in midfield, is that you just don't allow you have Hoiberg there and then you don't allow Kante and Jorginho to Spring any passes forward, and Sanchez and Dyer can pull one out from nowhere every once in a while. You know, every know. once in uh, once in a blue moon, they'll so, have a good performance you know, together. They're still they're still right up there in, in the top of the table. What nine points from four games? Yeah, and I, they have Emerson too at right back now. Who knows? Who knows? I I know there shouldn't be much optimism, but from now I I have to turn my optimism to somewhere other than my own club at yeah. the moment. So, you know, who knows? It's, Never know. I don't want it to be like an "I told you so" moment because I don't think it is, but. We talked about how Tottenham had three wins from three, but it was really just three one-nil wins. And <laughs> I had a little laugh to myself when their first loss of the season brought them back to a zero-goal difference. Yeah. <laughs> just instantly canceled <laughs> out the only everything. Team with, uh, them and Crystal them. Palace are the only team with a zero-goal difference. It's yeah. like you know, it's, those wins maybe were as unconvincing. Well, again, City win put it put it to the side because that's impressive no matter what. <laughs> maybe the other two were as unimpressive as I thought. Also I, underrated, uh, Brighton sitting in sixth right now. Three wins, one loss. Bisuma is a beast. I've said that. Hey, XGFC turning into Smash and Grab FC. <laughs> Took uh, who are they playing this weekend? Um, let's see, Leicester. Ooh, all right, shout That's, out our boy okay. Sam Britton. It's gonna have to be an upset. Go but... on, Leicester. Uh, all right. So, any final thoughts on Prem? Um, Werner scores this weekend. Yeah. Does Norwich City pull a win against Watford? Possible. Billy Gilmore. Showing out for the showing out for the family. Oh, Norwich need a win, man. That's getting, they need a win. It's getting a little depressing. Yeah, Todd Cantwell and the Flow have to put a win at least one day. Got to get one in. Uh, so next week, it's not out just yet, so we'll just push it to next week. FIFA ratings are slowly being revealed and coming out. A lot of them are whack. Uh, center backs are getting pace boosts, and strikers and attackers are getting pace decreases. Interesting stuff. We'll get into it next week. Uh, but final thoughts, gents. We have our predictions in for tomorrow and for the women's game on Sunday. Feeling optimistic, but who knows? Yeah, I had some questions for you guys, but I'll push them on to the next episode. I'd hate drop to drop one. I'd drop hate to... one. All right, random question for you. I'll save you. I'll save Lucas <laughs> okay. for next week. Because I was rewatching Celtic Barca two one that legendary win back in twenty thirteen. Yeah, I know oh. you hate Celtic and Rangers. Yep, which is just always interesting for a Scottish uh, man. Did any part of you enjoy that as I up the Scots? We got this. No. One, no, no. Okay. I don't no. even need to keep describing. No. I was I was just having that random thought. No. Cause... That's a good question, though. Well, it's like, so here's the thing. Like, uh, Scott Brown played on that team for Celtic. 
He is classic enforcer in the middle of the park. Um, whenever Killy played against him, I hated him with everything I had. When he played for Scotland, he was like top three favorite player on the team. It's just like, I don't know, for me, I just was brought up with like being able to separate those very easily. I hate Celtic and Rangers. I hate all the Scottish players on them. When they play for the national team, I love them. Is Tony, I don't know. Is Tony Watt Scottish? Don't know who that is, so he's, I don't think so. He was 18. He scored the game winner in that game. Really? So I don't know if you're like. I about him. Yeah, I don't know if like you're like up the youth prospect. Come on, mate, or if no. you're just off. Uh, nope, not when it's Celtic. Okay. I refuse. He is Scottish. Plays for Airdrie, or no? He was a product of Airdrie United. Who's he play for? He plays for Motherwell right now. I mean, now. he's only going to be like 25 right now, so it was I guess 27. He, he must not have been at the yeah, Euro squad if you don't know him. So yeah, no, not good enough. Okay. So no, don't like him. <laughs> All right, Luca, yours, uh, yours is safe for next week. So if you've got this far with us, we appreciate you as always. Uh, tune in next week. We have, we'll have more stuff to talk about, obviously. Uh, both teams starting uh, their Big Ten schedules. We might not be back Thursday because I know there's a women's game on Thursday, but we'll, we'll see. So we'll let you know on the, on the tweeter. Uh, we hope that, as always, you have found this episode to be, in the great words of Ray Hudson, magisterial. Join us next time.